same in China, China, different, different stories. stories. We are the we ones that found our way, way, way in a new life. Adoptees, adoptees, Hello, welcome to Adoptees Born in China podcast. It is three years, or just past three years. The original first episode I recorded was April 2020, so pretty big feat, I would say, too. And also 2023 happens to be the year that I am going to be turning... 30 or it already feels like I'm 30 so thinking a little bit about how the timing of everything worked out it wasn't planned that way but yeah so 30 three years of podcasting and connecting with quite a few adoptees Chinese adoptees mostly during this project which has then led to connections to the adopted community in New York City and also around the U.S. but yeah I thought Let's record the silly side of me. This is episode 69, technically. Ha ha. I know that is a immature joke to make, but we all have our moments. So I thought, let's record for a solo episode. I did record with somebody for future episodes, and I'm really hoping that as this continues and I want to continue, I'll be able to like talk to more adoptees as they reach out and then I can reach out too. But it has been really wonderful to speak with adoptees all over the US and also some in Europe and some just most, I think it's mostly been Europe and the US. Can't say I've talked to any adoptees specifically in China. Would be an interesting to do that, but I haven't done that. So with my ramblings, I thought this lovely episode, I wanted to talk about stuff I've learned and a little bit on relationships and dating as an adoptee because that always seems to come up in these conversations and fitting for an episode 69. Hey, okay. Uh, and the last two parts is, yes, I've started to actually like put some funds into making this show, mostly just the platform. And... The fact that, yeah, turning turning 30 and general other thoughts, I guess, but it'll be a short one. So enjoy the next few moments or so of me just rambling because that's what we do. The first idea, I am still kind of shocked today to learn that some adoptees were Chinese adoptees in China were actually with host families or foster families before they were adopted. I thought that was, I don't know, for some reason, I personally was under the impression that all of us were like in orphanages. So that was interesting. Not the case. Also, really talking to people from all different areas. I think when I started talking to adoptees, especially those who live in the city, because that was the most accessible for connections, I learned that a lot of adoptees who did grow up in the city were like connected to communities and adoption. Uh, because they met fellow adoptees in their classes or there was groups and resources available. A lot of big organizations like Families take that back. They have a new name. Going to backtrack because I always forget what the names specifically are. But rebranding has definitely become something that has happened for some of these adoption groups because they were so children-focused or baby-focused. I, I mean, including this podcast, it, when I started it, Adopted Babies from China was 
just had a nice ring to it to take on the American-born Chinese. But a fellow adoptee from Korea was like, hey, I thought of a good name for your podcast. You don't even have to do like a lot of switching and whatever. He said, adoptees born in China. I was like, that actually has a really nice ring. I think it's a good switch. And I mean, natural course, it makes sense. I think, and I'm sure I've heard from other adoptees, and I'd love to hear more people's opinions about being referred to more like as babies or as children. And I think that must partially be because as we are all, I mean, 30 this year is what's happening. But I'm sure there's a big portion of us who are younger than 30 and then there's definitely a portion who are older than 30 and I do think like I personally am a part of the a a big really big portion who are approaching 30 and we're getting older which is a great thing because I think celebrating the fact that I'm here is really important and yeah but I think becoming adults because we go through the process of teenagehood (laughs) and all that fun stuff and it switches of course but Yeah, it just seems even also what I've learned from speaking with fellow adoptees is it's like after our university years, that time, like younger 20s into our later 20s is when we all seem to really become more connected with our identity or want to explore it. Not necessarily, that's not necessarily true. I don't speak for everyone. That just has been based on everybody, a lot of people that I've spoken with, it's been seems to be like a common theme that we all want to learn more about adoption or Chinese culture, or maybe not learn about it, but actually like more learning about the identity and how part, how it plays into our life at the time, because the awareness and then also really going deeper into it um, takes a lot of energy, emotional, (laughs) mostly most emotional. And Yeah, trying to keep up with this podcast has been a journey and it has been one of the main journeys that I have used to process my own stuff, but hopefully also connect and bring together other people. So adoptees born in China, there's so many of us uh, all over the world. And another thing that I have been asked or people love to hear about from each other's perspective as relationships. I personally like to ask people about their relationships and I talk about a little bit about mine, but thinking more into it, I thought it'd be nice to sort of talk about it from my perspective of since moving to New York, I was in two relationships that weren't very long term. And then uh, I recently started dating somebody in a relationship and it's very new somebody i actually met through running another great source of stress relief but also just a community that i became a part of because i think being a part of different communities helps to shift the focus some running some adoption stuff seminars all that great stuff the other day i actually opted to listen to essentially attend an event an adoptee event online through zoom and also run at the same time because i needed to get i needed to do the run because i'm training for something and that was a tough idea i don't know i wouldn't recommend doing both at the same time because listening to adoptees speak and then also trying to run is uh maybe if i was solely by myself it wouldn't been too overwhelming but i was actually with the group and yeah i I wouldn't recommend that but 
Relationships, yes. So, doing the apps, I think we all talk about. I don't know if people really go into detail about the harder parts of relationships and dating, but I can say that it has been a source of stress too to like think about being independent, but also enjoying someone's company and also having value in yourself, not based on a relationship or I should reward that it's being in a relationship with somebody whether it's I mean beyond just romantic but I think romantic is the biggest one that we really notice but being in a romantic relationship with somebody and noticing that you feel more alone being with someone than actually just being by yourself I feel like is a really important sign and note to like walk away And each relationship I've had in New York has been a moment where I have noticed that the first one, the other person really had a lot of previous trauma and stuff that they had was something that they carried into the relationship they had with me. And that, as a result, was very diminishing. I think I'm somebody who... And it's not necessarily everybody, but I think we all, to an extent, want to be loved and appreciated. Does adoption play a role in it? I'm sure it does. In a sense, it's abandoned. We were abandoned at birth. Most of us at birth, I think all of us at birth, who I can't say based on experience, but we were all abandoned, and that is something that really sits with us when we are in relationships, I mean, between romantic, our family, friendships, I think I personally think about it a lot more and it's more stressful sometimes when I do that. I know this show, this podcast is something that my family may not necessarily be excited about because you're talking about my own stuff. I don't really go into detail about my family's stuff because it is there stuff too and it's also my story so it's really tough to say I I think that's like a conversation I'd have to have with them if I really wanted to talk more about their stuff (laughs) so that's a whole nother thought too but relationships and privacy right so it's really cool to hear other adoptees talk about their research and studies related to adoption trauma how it affects and influences their current life. I think that's something that's really valuable and I appreciate hearing that. And I am just grateful for it too. I also have read a couple books that I think, and I look for recommendations too because I think they are helpful. But I've been recently reading a book called Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before by Dr. Julie Smith. And it's been very helpful because This doctor cites a lot of research and studies, but mainly I think these types of books, I enjoy reading them. I mean, I also enjoy listening to other podcasts like this too that sort of help reframe your thinking, especially in stressful situations. Uh, It sort of like helps to shift the focus, not necessarily ignore it. So I think that's a common thing that I notice or that I choose to see when I read these books. Another one that I didn't finish yet is called I Want This to Work, an inclusive guide to navigating the most difficult relationship issues we face in the modern age by Elizabeth Earnshaw. And I can't say I remember exactly everything that was in that story or in this book because there's multiple stories. I think it's 
the author cites or quotes a lot of like experiences that they've been through and talks about cases essentially again I'm, i feel like some of that must have been helpful but i want this to work was more specific to romantic relationships versus like why has nobody told me this before was a lot about stress and grief and processing thoughts essentially but i the biggest takeaway that i've learned from experience and i've heard from others couple things is with friendships it's really helpful to just just listen can't fix everybody's stuff you some people sometimes people just want you to listen just be there to listen that's what i've learned in friendships that's very valuable just listen don't try to provide like a resolution or a way to fix it um because it really goes a long way sometimes it's really hard to to like hear somebody you care about in pain but um, just being there i think is really helpful and i think that can carry into romantic relationships but the biggest takeaway from romantic relationships that i've learned even as an adoptee adoption or not because we are all technically alone <laughs> at the end of the day we are all alone we all have our own thoughts but at the end of the day if you're in a relationship with somebody where you feel more alone than when you weren't in that relationship, then best to just be alone. That's a tough thing to learn, but very valuable from my perspective. That's something that I learned. Yes, I did meet both of those two relationships on dating apps. And prior to those two relationships, because I would say like I've had romantic relationships but they weren't like a serious committed one where I was calling somebody or a partner like a boyfriend and yeah prior to being in New York which is only about three years ago now close to three years I think uh, I wasn't in like committed relationships really I had like maybe two really before that so New York <laughs> now I'm on my third so that does cause a little bit of stress yeah it's a it's ultimately like my own business to figure that out and podcasting is a way to process it so people who listen I hope you're enjoying this <laughs> I would think so if you're gonna listen this far in and then yeah that was my take on relationships there's definitely more books out there that I have read I enjoy them my ex had kind of made fun of me for enjoying these books or reading them and you know what that is says a lot I also feel like this podcast is something that's important no matter how long it continues that at the end of the day I think whoever I choose to have a partnership with they would value this podcast because it's a huge part of growth that I went through because when I started it I was not I was in a pretty scary time for myself and it's not as scary now, but uh, who knows where it will go with the phases. I think, yes, the when I started this show, making this show, it was definitely a way for me to process what was going on at the time when it started, which was like the beginning of an estrangement from my parents. But recently, in this past few months, up to six months, half a year, started a little bit of a dialogue with my mom and dad. I'm talking about my adoptive mom and dad. The desire to like do a search or anything isn't really strong because I feel like I would want to really commit to that and also like go back to China for that and 
can't say I really would want to do that because it's a lot of energy. I mean, just recently it was like I watched the found documentary on Netflix with Katie and then we attended that event on Zoom and then we went and saw a play that was sort of like a, I guess, it was, I don't know if it's like a satire or what it, what it really, what the category, it's a com- they considered a comedy, which I did find parts of it hilarious, so I didn't mind it. But you had that element too, and I was like, wow, this is a lot of adoption stuff that I think I can just take a moment back. Have that added to like the month of April, I think for me personally is a time where a lot of things shift, so... Big things seem to happen during the end of the semester, I want to say. And I say that because I do rely a lot of work on semesters being in session. So it's a nice, in a way, a nice timeline to like look at. But also it seems consistently that around this time is when things are harder. I don't know if that's true for everybody, but for me, it seems like this is like the hardest is the shift from like April to May. I feel like the holidays in general, you kind of anticipate that it's going to be harder, that I don't get as upset or stressed when it comes to the holidays. Um, Also, you have beautiful lights and stuff. Now it's just, I guess there's chocolate. I mean, Easter candy does seem to actually have a lot of leftover. Uh, I say that as I'm eating it now, (laughs) doing this. Yeah, but here's your three years, some reflection. I think to sum it all up, it's really kind of it really is seeing it where it goes and what will happen in general with like Chinese adoption and our relationship to China what the government will do in China and what how will they how they recognize the adoption because even in the documentary found I mean I didn't do too much research into it and I didn't look at the trivia but They did a lot of, it seemed like there was a lot of coverage of the searcher, who's a Chinese national. I think that's the right way to say as a Chinese national. But I looked at her story too, in addition to the three Chinese adoptee girls, women. I think they're all women now. At the time, they were pretty young when they found out they were related. But (laughs) I watched the documentary once. and But they also looked a lot closer at the searcher. And then they looked at some of the birth families that were there and like the nannies that took care of babies in the orphanages. So it was really, it was really powerful. It's very sweet to watch. One of the first documentaries I've really sat through related to Chinese adoption. I had watched like a documentary related to Korean adoptees because it felt like a little bit of a distance and it helped, but Yeah, watching these stories related to adoption can be really hard, and I feel like a lot of us might feel that way. Chinese adoption-specific documentaries, still slowly, slowly getting into those. Yeah, so it's like being that we are getting older and the laws have changed in China and probably the processes has changed in the U.S. to adopt from China. I don't really know what they are, but I'm sure it's changed substantially. It's really, it'll be really cool to see, really cool, really interesting, I should say, to see where that will go with the policies. And at the end of the day, I will always have this podcast as a way to like process things. So I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate anybody who has 
really listen to these episodes. It's always really touching to hear when people say, oh, I listened to other episodes and it was cool to learn about my own process a little bit or like how I'm dealing with it too. So I'm really grateful that this is a resource, one of the many resources out there. And yeah, I think that's the biggest question I have right now is like how will us being older and getting older into that generation be a part of the story? I think that's something that I'm very curious to hear about. The change of the name, I think, is a part of that for it just felt very natural. And sometimes it does feel like these things happen naturally and it's not forced. So I do appreciate that. Some days are hard. Some days will be, you know, some days are hard, adoption related or not, work related or not. I have definitely talked about the work stuff before in another solo episode. Um, doing these solo episodes, I know three years ago, I think I just didn't have the wherewithal or how to cope with that versus now where I'm more than happy to ramble and hopefully have somewhat organized thoughts here. So it's fun. You'd be interested in supporting the podcast because all I really do now, I'm slowly shifting and like learning how to do things because at the end of the day, this is definitely still more something I do for my own self. I do pay for like a platform distribution site. Podcasting has developed and everything else. Uh, it's a little bit harder to <laughs> do things for free, but it's ABC Pod Venmo is what I have. And at the end of the day, I think this is something that I feel is worth keeping alive. Well, at least live. So power podcast episodes go and like finding others it's nice to have this i just want to make sure it exists it's really what it is 69 to 70 ish probably episodes altogether really over three years is it's enough for an archive so here's to three years here's to being 30 if you'd like to follow the podcast on instagram or facebook it is Adoptees Born in China podcast. And the email, I believe I can't change it unless that shifts anytime, but it's still the adopted babies from China at gmail.com. Adoptees Born in China podcast on social media and other platforms. So thank you for listening. Thank you for three years. Any questions, comments, all the fun stuff? know where to find me have a great day evening wherever you are and talk to you soon bye